everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Innovate Finance, our weekly podcast where we speak with experts across industry about the future of financial services and fintech. My name is Janine Hurt. I'm Chief Operating Officer at Innovate Finance, and I'm absolutely delighted to have with me today Shahar Bialik, founder and CEO of fintech company Curve. Now, as most of you know, Curve allows you to spend from any of your accounts using just one card, and they now have more than 1.5 million customers across both the UK and Europe. Now, Shakar, you've got a great uh, background, a really experienced entrepreneur, having successfully founded and sold a string of companies before fund founding Curve in 2016. And I think, interestingly, you also spent three years in the Israeli Special Forces as well, so really interesting background. I think just to kick off our conversation, I'd like to focus on the topic that is probably at the forefront of a lot of our listeners' minds today, and that's around the Wirecard fiasco that happened about just a week and a half ago now. Now, as we all know, the FCA froze the activities of Wirecard's UK subsidiary, Wirecard Card Solutions, meaning that your services were temporarily suspended through really no fault of your own, and customers weren't able to access their money for a period of time. Now, Curve had an amazing turnaround, and I know you managed to resume most of your services within 60 hours, so by Monday, and the regular updates and the contact you kept with your customers was truly commendable. So tell us, what was going on uh, behind the scenes over that weekend between when you got the call on Friday through to Monday? So hi, everyone. Thank you for inviting me to, the, to this podcast. Um, it, it was uh, one of the craziest um, days or, or few days in my career. And I can tell you it's not only for me, it's for anyone uh, who was at Curve uh, over this weekend. Uh, around 9.15 a.m. in the morning, um, while I'm, and one, my, one of my catch-ups with my team members, I'm getting a phone call from my uh, senior contact with MasterCard. Uh, this person usually never calls my mobile, especially not uh, without uh, asking for a meeting usually before. So I immediately answer the phone. And he starts by basically pulling the plaster uh, or the band-aid extremely, extremely fast, which is um, the, telling me the FCA has revoked overnight the license of wire card, uh, card solution. And in the next 10 minutes, uh, we have to block all the beans, uh, all the accounts of wire card solution at MasterCard. And that basically means that the moment they block those accounts, uh, no Curve customer can use their Curve card or other uh, e-money related activities on the Curve platform uh, following uh, that block. Uh, so basically, in front of me, I'm, I'm hearing uh, the worst thing a founder can hear, which is a company built for five years and works really hard to uh, bring uh, almost 1.5 million customers to use the platform every day, uh, is about to fall down. Uh, we not a uh, fault of our own, but more importantly, uh, we have no idea when, when and if it will come back live again. So um, I'm thanking him for giving the news and um, then immediately follow up with my leadership team, uh, breaking the news to my leadership team that uh, in the next uh, a few minutes, uh, hours, uh, our accounts will be blocked and customers are, will not be able to access their Curve platform or to use their Curve card. And we, have, and we don't know when and if the FCA will uh, bring a, a Wirecard license back online. And in front of us is just uh, uh, one solution, which is we have to, uh, one mission, which is we have to get our services back online as soon as possible and with, within our control. And that's the best of the discussion. Then the leadership team and us basically devised the plan. And we, Curve, has relied on Wirecard on two key activities of the business. Uh, the first activity 
uh, is what everyone knows and talk about, which is why cards uh, uh, have issued uh, where the licensor behind the cards we curve is issued to the customers. And by blocking the, uh, revoking the license, we mean we can no longer have those cards uh, operating on Wirecard Card Solution license. And the second activity that we work with Wirecard Card Solution is for card processing. Every transaction went with Curve, uh, we're loading funds from your underlying card, and because Wirecard has no more license, we no longer can access the card processing services from Wirecard. So we have to move and acquiring and issuing capability in a more industry term. Um, so we immediately knew those are two trends of work we have. Uh, one is issuing migration, one is acquiring migration. And the first trend was our customers. And they will wake up in the morning and they will read stuff in the news and they will see Curve is no longer working. And they're gonna have questions. Will Curve come back online? When? What will happen um, with the product? And so on and so forth. So we have to make sure we have another trend of communication. Um, we immediately assigned a lead for each one of these trends. Uh, the job of the lead is to ensure anyone in the company he needs, we can pull into that trend to op start operating migration uh, across that trend, uh, if issuing or acquiring. And uh, we also appointed uh, a point person that is basically the person who's in charge of co ensuring communication is streamlined across the entire organization. Uh, we operate in the metric structure. We're in the midst of the pandemic, which means there is no longer uh, one office where everyone can work together. We have to work and increase communication significantly more than happens usually in an office environment and, and while everyone else is working from home. Uh, so we appointed a point person who our only job is to ensure, she had two jobs. Job number one is to ensure communication are being streamlined across all trends and anyone who's involved. And the second trend or the second job, uh, her name was Kat, is Kat. Uh, her job was is to ensure she's the devil's advocate. Devil's advocacy is something that they train you very early age in the Israeli military, which is before you go into a mission that you don't want to fail, you can't fail or any this mission, uh, you put a person, a point person, who's that person's only job is to ensure that they're thinking about all the possible mistakes or all the misinformation we may have. So they are basically, their job is to ensure, uh, uh, do they think about what can go wrong and highlight what can go wrong to the relevant people at the relevant terms so they address that. And that works really well uh, because uh, she has found a lot of gaps in our planning of what could go wrong and we managed to capture that in time. And uh, so that's how we start kicked off a uh, simulation team. Uh, so we're now around 11 a.m. in the morning, two hours, uh, almost two hours after MasterCard told us uh, all accounts will be blocked. And uh, we then had to break into the team, so open the Slack, a message uh, to all the team. We're in the war room explaining the situation of uh, we're at, uh, uh, identifying the point person, Kat, that everyone should contact her with any concern, risk, issue, should the point person so any of the strands, communicating the strands of work, and explaining that this is a mission we're unable to fail uh, because we have to come back online as soon as possible to our customers, and there's no maybe. We have to do that, whatever the cost. Um, and this is where the curve team really kicks in. Uh, many people talk about culture is strategy for breakfast. That's exactly that point. Um, we have a very resilient team and a very strong culture of, of respect and dissent and working collaboratively together. And you could have seen almost 300 people mobilized over the weekend trying to do what many believe was impossible. We had to migrate our issuing, issuance in-house. Uh, luckily, we started this process in January 
um, and we were almost there. We were four weeks ahead uh, away from being able to complete the migration. And with uh, a lot of luck, a lot of hard work, and amazing partners, and in this case it was MasterCard and GPS, we were able to migrate the bins away from Wirecard into Curve, such that on Saturday morning already, the bins uh, were migrated and active and ready to go. Uh, but this was just one part of the story. The second part of the story was we had to migrate our cost processing capability to a different partner. Again, uh, here we did not have much uh, progress. We have looked at different partners, alternative to Wirecard as, as part of our US uh, uh, growth strategy. Uh, we have some pricing, but we did not agree with anyone nor negotiate fast enough, uh, nor any one of them was actually able to migrate us so quickly. Um, a few weeks earlier, uh, we had started a conversation with Checkout.com uh, into taking them as the potential partner instead of Wirecard uh, for our growth um, um, strategy. And I remember the call on Friday morning, I'm calling Guillaume, the founder, and telling him the information that FCA revokes Wirecard license and we have to move fast. And basically managed to negotiate a, a, a quick deal and also get a commitment that his team will be able to work with our team across the weekend to ensure we are can on board and go live uh, as soon as Monday comes in. And I can tell you, I've never seen anything like that because you could see another partner of Curve, who's not even a partner yet, uh, was able to mobilize a team to help us revive our business again. Uh, the checkout team worked with our team uh, on the acquiring trend until 3 a.m. in the morning and woke up again at 6 a.m. in the morning uh, to try and ensure that we have all the answers we need and we can uh, test and uh, move to production to go live uh, by the end of Sunday. And the first trend was, of course, communication, which is one of the most important ones, always usually overlooked, which is we have to be transparent with our customers as part of our, uh, who we are as a company, but also in this situation more than anything else in the past, they need to know what's happening uh, uh, in the markets behind Curve and how we as a team are able to uh, bring Curve back online. And we made sure that communication are all happening in multiple channels, uh, over emails, over social, over our blog, um, and over push notifications, so they know we're coming back online. Also, the way we're coming back online requires us to re-tokenize some of their cards so customers receive notifications from their banks that something is happening uh, with Curve, so we have to communicate exactly what's happening, so they're not concerned about what's happening with their accounts. Now, luckily, uh, Curve does not hold, uh, we're not operating like traditional prepaid cards. We don't have money as customers held on our accounts. Uh, we are very similar to prepaid, but we're loading just the amount just in time. So that means that Curve customer were not locked out of their money like many other prepaids because their money is safe with their banks, which is part of the strategy of Curve, which is your bank is doing a great job keeping money safe with your bank. All we do is providing an interface on top of your bank to modernize your finances and move faster into your financial well-being. So whenever you make a payment with a Curve card, we're loading the money from your underlying bank just in time and just in the amount, and immediately afterwards unloading that to make the purchase. Whereas the traditional prepaid uh, loads 50 pounds, for example, into your wallet, and at that point of time, you loaded 50 pounds, and then the FCA revoked um, Wirecard license, you would then have 50 pounds held at a certain company, in this case, Wirecard solution, uh, which you're unable to access. So that's the key difference in the product, which made our life also a bit more easier. 
because the impact on our customers is an impact of convenience. They couldn't use Curve anymore. They couldn't get on top of their, of their finances. They couldn't go back in time. They couldn't earn rewards. But it's not that their money was locked with us. So that makes things a bit easier for us to manage, to be with all honesty, because I have seen what happened, what happened with customers uh, with other uh, uh, companies that work with Africa Solution and uh, over the weekend where their salaries and income was locked and it was really unfortunate to read it and see that they're unable even to buy food to the table of their children on a Friday evening. It is unimaginable to see that. Uh, but in the case of Curve, uh, it's not, it, it doesn't happen. This case doesn't exist because Curve uh, live load, as it's called an industry live load model of loading just the amount just in time is much more advantageous in terms of customer protection uh, in the market. Um, and also if we're in subject of our customers, what was again extraordinary to see, and it's again the first time in my life I've seen it, is how the, our customers wrote and supported on social channels and DMs and emails and messages uh, our team, uh, that they knew our team is working over the weekend to get our services back online and how they fuel the team in order to work harder and make it happen. Uh, yeah. It's one of the most fulfilling stuff, uh, uh, worst uh, days I've seen in my life and uh, in my career. Sure. And I have a long career. I actually want to build on this as well because I think it's so interesting what you've been saying and particularly really the piece that you're you're talking to around the partnerships how important that was with some of the fintech partners but also ensuring that the customer remains at the center of everything you do and i also want to touch base you said something really interesting about this wider mentality across your team this being unable to fail at this task and you talked a lot about the culture and just now about how almost inspiring it was a big theme that's coming out across a lot of these podcasts that we've been doing, particularly in the face of COVID-19, is looking at leadership in the midst of a crisis. And so I'm curious to hear from you how you've gone about, as CEO of Curve, really building up this type of a team uh, that is so dedicated and how you've developed that internal culture at Curve. I, uh, it's a great question. And, and unfortunately, I don't have a silver bullet. I can tell you what I've done at Curve that works really well. So it's about making sure you set, uh, I guess, an example for everyone in the company, all the way from the leadership down to the newest uh, joiner to the company. And the second thing is around being authentic of who you are and what you believe, because people can see whether you're authentic or not as a leader. And the first thing is about ensuring that uh, my managers and leaders in the company, in my case, everyone in the company is a leader, uh, understand the difference between leadership and management. Many people do not understand the difference, and I have a very clear view of what it is, which is what I've been trained since age 18 in the Israeli military, which is leaders' job is to create great cultures. Manager's job is to create great teams. So the manager's job is to train and coach the team and make them better and, and evolve their career. And we, as managers, have a very clear mission. Anyone at Curve, our job is to make sure they are becoming the very best they can be. So when they leave Curve two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, fifteen years later, they can say, look back and say, I'm a proud alumni of Curve, and this is what I was able to learn in my career and do in my career thanks to Curve. That's the role of the manager. The role of the, of the leader is to build great culture, and the culture is all about values and, and, and principles. We all, as human beings, have values and principles. We've been um, growing those values and principles uh, through empirical um, uh, behavior. We've seen that once we do A, uh, the outcome of A is X. And if you find with the outcome, you start doing more of A. 
and that eventually will become your value or your principle. If you learn that uh, it's okay to lie and lie gets you a shortcut to what you want, you're very likely to continue to lie. If you learned by your parents or yourself that it's not okay to lie, uh, you will very likely be against the lie. And that will then become a principle and a value. And I learned early on in my career, and again, it's very military, is that values and principles set the culture and the, and, and, the, and the direction of the team. And so when I came to London and built Curve, it was very obvious to me that I have to build leadership principles or values that a company will adhere to and we will hire based on that and we will grow people based on that. We have uh, uh, 10 of those, the mission plus 10 leadership principles. Uh, mission is always number one. Um, and um, amongst them is, for example, number one is focused on the mission. So what is the mission? Obsessed about the customer, quite obvious. But you have some unique stuff here that is unique to what I believe needs to be uh, making a company very successful. For example, you have obligation to defend. This principle is not something you will find in many companies. In fact, if you go to Israel, you will not find this kind of principle in any company. That's because in Israel, Israel is a very, as you know, direct abrasive, but also we, are, we like challenge, we like conflict, we like to, we, we, we live from challenges and conflict. So um, when a new joiner will come to the company and would hear the CEO say something, and if this person will not agree with something or would think otherwise, you would see this person raise his hand and challenging the CEO in front of everyone, regardless of whether he knows or not, because it's so comfortable to challenge in Israel. But those challenges create um, uh, different points of view or communicate different points of view. And it makes sure it's a number one, you're not doing mistakes. You have included all different points of views in your judgment. And number two, it helps you innovate and get better. And when I came to London, one of the things that really I was really missing is this challenging culture. And um, here in the UK, um, people do not feel comfortable in challenging other people, uh, especially when it's uncomfortable, uh, and especially if it's your boss. Um, and that is not good because I may not have all the information. Your point of view might actually be good. Uh, it doesn't, it's okay to challenge others. There's nothing disrespectful here. In fact, it's very respectful if you do it, if you do it right. And this is where the obligation to dissent as a principal came into the company. And that uh, dissent is also a very specific word I chose, which is not to challenge. I could chose obligation to challenge, uh, but instead I chose obligation to dissent because dissent, if you open a dictionary, has a very specific meaning. It is to challenge the, the status quo, even if you're uncomfortable, even if you are the only one thinking this way. Uh, because the alternative, which is you actually were right and did not challenge, uh, is very costly. Uh, in our case, in the army, was human life. In our, in our case, the business could be the entire business itself, or people's jobs and financial livelihood, or the success of us uh, achieving the mission. So this is an example of, of yeah. something that I'm pretty sure without it, uh, over the past uh, weekend, last weekend, when we moved online, uh, we won't be able to succeed because people would probably think something may not be right or they have an idea and they wouldn't share it. And if they wouldn't share it, we wouldn't know about it. And then we'd find ourselves on Sunday, 9 p.m., missing a key element in order to launch. Uh, but by floating and challenging each other over the weekend, we always found what are missing and made sure to, to uh, find a solution for that. I love that. Um, and I, I think you, to your point about making sure that people feel comfortable enough to challenge, but also that they've got a leader that is authentic. I think those are words really to, to live by. So it's no, 
you can see why your team is so motivated and passionate about what they do. There, there's, um, there's also maybe maybe one more point there, which I'm adding, uh, I'd like to add, which is one of the things I learned at a very young age is that everything is in your brain. You can do everything you set yourself to do, and anything you can't do is really your choice. It's in your brain. This kind of thinking of you don't know what you're capable of until you're capable of is a thinking I was always trying to introduce to my team. Uh, I was always telling them, guys, you don't even know what you're capable of. Well, you're doing great, but you can do much more. And I explained to them, of course, the reasons why. And I think after this weekend, it's the first time I went ever to my team and told them, guys, honestly, next time I can't tell you anymore, you don't know what you're capable of because it's just proven the world what we're capable of as a team. And now you know what you're capable of as, 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 as a professional, as a team, and what you can do in the future. And I think this kind of, this mindset that now that you know what you're really capable of, where everyone else told you it's impossible to try and achieve what we achieved over a weekend, they now know much, they can, they can accomplish much more in their careers, regardless of curves. They can accomplish much more in their careers as professionals, individuals, and as team members, which is really important for us in management because that's exactly the mission of a manager to ensure people can get the most out of themselves. And that's what we're able to achieve as a team over the weekend. Right. That's a words, words to live by really there. I think, uh, Shagar, speaking about the future, actually, uh, we were all very excited to see the news about Samsung Paycard being powered by Curve. Uh, can you tell us more? Is there any more exciting news on the horizon for Curve that we should be aware of? There are many exciting, but unfortunately, <laughs> we're under a very, very, very significant NDA. And as much as I'd like to speak about it, I'm, 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 un, I'm un, unable to. Uh, you would have to wait a few more weeks to, to get the full gist into the news. It's extraordinary, it's exciting, it's a game changer, uh, not only for Curve, for the entire uh, UK ecosystem of FinTech in Europe, uh, but unfortunately I'm unable to share more information than what was published. Okay, well, that, uh, it'll keep us on the edge of our seat. So that's quite exciting. I think, Shikar, I've got one last question for you. Um, and that is, where do you think the payment space will, what do you think it will look like really in a year from now, in five years from now, in 10 years from now? So looking at obviously the impact of COVID, looking at uh, Wirecard as well, what do you think is down the road? I, I think in general, uh, what we see in the UK and Europe, and that's by the way, the key reason why I chose to open Curve in the UK and, and not anywhere else in the world is the payment ecosystem or the regulatory ecosystem for payments to ensure a level playing field and competition. And the biggest concern I have, of course, is right now it's a nice law on a paper and that law can be a dead letter if it's not being enforced correctly and swiftly uh, as it should. Uh, but taking uh, uh, trust, of course, in our legislators and parliament and all the various regulators and uh, they know what they're doing they're putting the best people to ensure 11 playing field then i believe that uh, this is the best place to basically build a startup especially in fintech and you will see much more innovation coming out the biggest concern i have of course is that as innovation coming out innovation especially that uh, challenges the incumbents like the new uh, uh it's something called pepsi the new uh, bank by bank payments to compete with the networks like Visa, and the concern I have is that uh, we're talking about big incumbents, amongst the powerful, most powerful companies in the world, more powerful than Facebook and Google. And uh, we're trying, we Europe and, and new fintechs trying to eat their breakfast in a way, take their market away. And I am not sure they're gonna let it go so quickly. So I think what we would like to see more 
is more enforcing with the regulators of competition laws and regulations that allows this innovation to happen. If we see more of that, you'll see UK to continue to be uh, the North Star when it comes to financial innovation. And that's remarkable because uh, historically, the UK has invented finances, uh, at least the advanced finances that we are all aware of today and payment systems. So it's only fit that the UK should continue to, to be that leader, but it's not granted. The UK still have a lot more work to do uh, ensuring uh, the passporting rights or some sort of another arrangement post-Brexit with Europe and ensuring that they are enforcing the very good regulation they have introduced to the market. Um, Shankar, and I know we at Innovate Finance are trying to do everything we can to make sure the UK really remains a leading global fintech hub, um, thanks to the great work of you and our members, uh, making this such a, such a strong place for innovation across financial services. So, Shankar, thank you so, so very much for joining us uh, today. You really shed a light on leadership in times of difficulty and um, looking forward at the future of payments as well. I really appreciate your time with us. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Coffee with Innovate Finance. Uh, do look out for our upcoming episodes. And in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn or check out our website, innovatefinance.com, for more on our upcoming events and programs. Until next time, please, everyone, stay healthy and well and speak soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.